0: Good evening, everyone. Glad that you're here tonight. It is Valentine's Day, and I know many of you are probably going to be watching online or watching throughout the week, so we're glad to have you here and uh, tuning in with us. And so if you are new, uh, welcome to Element City Church, and we would love for you to download our free app. Just go to your app store and click in and kind of type in Element City Church Download that, it'll travel with you, everything from the music you hear tonight as well as old messages and sermons and past series we've done and a whole host of things. Uh, A couple of those I'll talk about in the message tonight about our marriage retreat. That will be coming up this end of next summer. I invite you to be a part of that. Also has a connection card. So if you are new and haven't been connected around here, if we don't have your information, we would love to have that, to be able to connect with you and follow up with you and email, kind of get in touch with you. So if you could email us or just kind of take that connection card and just ask for your name, phone number, email, you can submit that. I would love to get back with you and to talk with you about that. So again, thanks for tuning in. Thank you to the five of you who were here yesterday at the Second session. Saturday, we could not have done that without you. And so we are grateful uh, for that. And that is an easy way for you if you're looking to, to kind of get connected and a serve team around here every second Saturday. We have an opportunity right here in the parking lot where we serve and give out food boxes. We gave out three pallets of food to people yesterday, and that is an easy way for an hour or two to help be a part of making a difference here in our city. And so we'd love to invite you next second Saturday in March uh, to join our team, our volunteer team, and be a part of that. So thank you again for those of you who helped. Happy Valentine's Day. I hope you got chocolate out there in the 40-year for you. If you're at home tuning in, Get your own chocolate. There you go. Okay, so, um, but here we like to to offer a prayer as we get started. So, if you're here in the room, I'm just going to invite you to stand up. If you're at home scouts honor. You can stand up or sit down, either one. Uh, we'd like to pray for the church of the week, which is 2 because last week we were serving over at the school. Thank you for all of you, uh, 40 or so, who showed up to help us paint an entire hallway and snack bar area. We got landscaping done, and we had a great time, actually with a lot of work, but we had a great time doing it together. Uh, tonight we want to pray for Greater Faith Church, Pastor Jamie Benjamin that's there, and uh, Pathway of Hope Church. And so if you join me in praying for them and praying for our evening tonight. So Father, we love you. We thank you for Valentine's Day, a reminder of your love for us, a reminder of the the kind of life that we are to live as a life of love. And so I pray for those that are here in the room, those tuning in, I pray that you would expand uh, the depth of love that they have in their marriage, in their friendships, in their relationships. Father, we pray for Greater Faith Church and Pastor Jamie. Uh, What a great guy. I love that guy. I pray your blessing, your anointing over them. I know they've been looking for new property. So, God, would you just work out here in 2021 an opportunity for them to maybe expand, uh, an opportunity for them to find the place that you have picked out just for them. We pray also for Pathway of Hope Church. Pray your blessing over all the leadership of both those churches. God, there is a million-plus people who are not connected to any church in this city. And the, the mission for us is to reach people who, who maybe aren't aware of your love for them. And so would you bless those churches? Would you bless our church? And give us leverage and opportunity to invest and to search after the people that you care about, that you prioritize. And as we worship you now, We just invite you into these praises that you would meet us and stir our hearts, refresh us with your love tonight. Uh, Maybe a specific word that you have for each one of us gathered here or tuning in online. Holy Spirit, we invite you to be a part of this process. This whole evening we ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.
1: Suddenly, brought life when I met you. Reaching beyond the sky, running deep, stretching wide. Perfect love realized when I met you. Now this love is for me. Tell us love is for real, you won't never let go Never let go. suddenly rots a light when I met you. One, two, three, jump!
2: choose God, give us a heart of thanksgiving tonight. Sing that again. For always being good.
3: have this relationship with the Father, it's because of you that we can experience and live the abundant life. It's because of you that we see how you have loved us, and it shows us the way to love others, as you've called us to do.
4: So as we're gathered tonight to
3: look at these laws of love and to dive into this first one, Jesus, help us to look no further than you, to just listen to you and the words that you hearts to receive.
0: Huey Lewis in the News fans out here, or Back to the Future movie if you like that. So um, hey, uh, we are thrilled to, to continue to lean in and be here together, and we're starting a new series uh, tonight looking at this idea of the three laws of love, and, and this is geared at a marriage series, but it's really kind of geared at taking these same principles and you can apply them to every friendship, every relationship that you have. And so whether you hope to be married someday, you are married today, uh, whether you are kind of at the place where you're like, I'm not sure if I want to understand this, but if you want to have great friendships, you want to have great relationships, I think these principles will be very applicable to you these next three weeks to understand how you can make this better. But picture this, the scene opens, right? It's a planet that's been deserted. Trash is piled up everywhere that I can see. Dust blows down deserted streets and past abandoned buildings, and there's not a sound to be heard, except the low hum of rolling wheels and robotic churms and and chirps and and noises and squeaks. Uh, Anyone know what animated movie this is? Wally. I can't say it like he does, but Wally. So if you've seen Wally, you remember this movie. It's kind of an interesting take. The, the the writers of this movie are really trying to portray something. There's this robot, Wally, has been on Earth 700 years. Earth has been deserted and left, and he's kind of the single robot. We don't see any others. We're kind of left to assume that maybe he's the only robot left picking up the trash. And every night he kind of rolls home to his little storage unit on the side, and, and he brings in some trinkets that he finds. Like, maybe it's the Rubik's Cube that he finds. Anyone ever had a Rubik's Cube before? Anyone solve them? Anyone solve them like in a minute and a half? Because that's pretty impressive. Anyway, so like he finds like shiny hubcaps, or he comes back, he's found a spork, right? And the movie opens where he's trying to figure out if this is actually a spoon or a fork. No one knows, and so it just has its own category. Uh, maybe you've had those, well as uh, as well. But maybe this idea of what you begin to see, Wally kind of puts in an old VCR tape of Hello Dolly, and it's playing in the background. And yet he stops suddenly, right? Because there's this man and this woman who are singing to one another as they walk through this park in this scene, and he begins to hear them say, "It only took a moment." to be loved a whole life long. And he sees them holding hands. And the scene ends and he actually takes his robotic hands and he puts them together. It's like this welling up of emotion in a robot, which I know it doesn't make sense but because it's an animated movie, it makes sense, right? And so this idea of what he begins to... And you can see this longing in his own heart. And so he kind of tucks himself into the shelf that is his bed and he unwraps a Twinkie that's been found and he feeds his pet cockroach. And that's the beginning of the story. Why am I telling you this? Well, because I, I think the producers of this movie have a take that's actually a very biblical understanding and a biblical take on relationships. And it's simply this it is not good for anyone to be alone. That's the premise of what's unfolding at the beginning of this movie. And I know it's animated and I know it's a robot and it shouldn't make sense, but yet what they're trying to get you to understand is it's not good for anyone to be alone. In fact, that premise is the baseline for this entire series that we're doing, this entire series of kind of looking at different things and looking at this truth because the message that's conveyed biblically is exactly that In fact, if you look back at the creation story, you begin to understand that we have been created to crave relationships. Now, I know some of you are introverts, and I bet you could be like, you'd want to argue, Jack, listen, I'm an introvert. If I could go a month without talking to anybody, that would be like heaven on earth. And I want to say to you, okay, that's going to be a really long month. I get it. I'm an extrovert. But you as an introvert, here's the reality. You even still need people. You still need relationship one to another because uh, the reality, have you ever stopped to think about this? We were all born into this planet, right? We're all born into your life. There has never, ever been an infant that could survive on its own. In fact, if you're a parent of a young baby, uh, you know how much work it takes for this one little infant, right? And you know how much work it takes and how much they need. Do you ever stop to think, why did God do it that way? Like, why, did he, why do we start there? Like, if he's God, he could created anything. He could have just made us self-sufficient right out of the gate. What if part of what God is getting at here is the idea of our need for people? In fact, if you go back to the creation story, what you find is a rhythm. Genesis 1, Genesis 2, right? God's creating and announcing this is good. God creating and announcing this is good. God creating and announcing this is good. God creating and announcing this is good. And all of a sudden, there's this creational record scratch. When you get to Genesis 2.18, here's what that verse says. It is not good for man to be alone. And it wasn't, I don't think, just for Adam's sake that God was saying that. In fact, what he says is not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. And woman is created. And into this reality, Adam is met with someone who meets his needs. In fact, the Hebrew language is a very pictorial language. It literally means I'll make a helper is this Hebrew term of like gears that fit together that they need one another in order to function and to be their best. And the truth of that is is that we have been created to be in relationship. Now, I know that is the kind of the first look at what we begin to see toward marriage. Verse 24 is the next verse that's kind of the baseline of this series. Uh, And the truth is that therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. The very first words we have about marriage in the biblical context and what we begin to see is a principle that's here that actually has some laws of love, some principles of how to make relationships work because it's not just for marriage. In fact, we actually do a major disservice to singles when we make this concept of it's not good, to be, uh, not good for man to be alone only a married thing. Listen, you will not be completed the day you get married. You'll actually have more complication... The truth is, it's a blessing. It's an amazing thing. It is also a very challenging thing. Amen? Yeah. So it's not this idea of, okay, just get to a place in life, and when you finally get married, then you arrive. No. In fact, the the Bible's very clear about the potential and the impact and the significance of singlehood. Uh, The Apostle Paul talks about that. Jesus modeled that. Can, can we all agree that Jesus lived the best possible life on earth ever? He wasn't married. And neither were hundreds and thousands of other people who are God followers and who have significance in life. And so we do a disservice if we say this is just about getting married. No, it's not. Now, marriage is an extreme blessing and an incredible privilege and an awesome honor. But that's what it is. And so in the context of this, what the, the scriptures are kind of saying is, listen, this marriage thing's a big deal. And, and it will really help you, and it will actually some ways complete you and help you be your best, but it's not just that you've actually been created. Here's the significance. Genesis chapter three is when sin enters the picture of the world and humanity is shattered from it. But the first record scratch of the creation story happens before sin ever enters the picture. And it's when the Lord says, it's not good for man to be alone. You have been created to not only need a relationship with God, but you have been created and crafted to need relationships one to another. Vertical and horizontal. It's not just you and God. You've been created to be in relationship one to another and that's where the hope is. And and that's where the significance of this is and that we begin to find This idea of understanding that we have been created to need not only God, but to need others. And so the three laws of love kind of flow out of Genesis 2.24, which is the first verses we see about marriage. But it's not just about marriage. And so I really want to emphasize that in your single season and in seasons where you're just trying to work on friendships and relationships, this is significant if you will apply it to your life. Verse 24 again, Therefore a man uh, shall leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. The word leave there is azab. That's kind of a fun word to say, azab, which literally means to loosen or to relinquish, meaning the most significant relationship up to the point of marriage is your parental units. Now, for some of you, that's a shattered thing. For some of you, that's an incredible, glorious thing. And you're blessed if you have that. There's challenges in this. But the significance of the relationship for you is for you to say, okay, at the moment of marriage, now the priority used to be here. But now the priority is going over here. And a husband and wife are now be the primary priority one to another. It's no longer, it's not that you're severing relationship with family, that should never be the case, but it is that there is a new priority that's established and brought here. That God designed marriage to operate as the most important human relationship in our lives, if you get to that place, and that is part of the story that you have, that it's only second to our priority with Jesus himself. And when it comes to priorities, here's the reality. You get to set your priorities in life. The person next to you doesn't set them. The person behind you doesn't set them. People in your extended family don't set them. They can try to dictate them. But the reality and the truth is you get to create the priorities of your life. And so when it comes to this idea of setting and living out what we'll call the law of priority, you have to work with that. No one else can do it for you. You have to be the person who owns that. How do you set a priority? Well, you have to decide what's the most important thing. What is going to be the priority of my life? So you have to decide that. And then you have to begin to prove what those priorities are by the way you then live. And so you decide it and you prove it and then you have to protect it. See, that's how we establish priorities in life. That you have to make that decision for yourself. Here's what's going to be the priority. Here's the truth about priorities. They all drift. They all drift. And so if you're not intentional about keeping that a priority, it will drift. And so the scriptures kind of say, listen, you got to make your relationship with Jesus your top priority. The, the scriptures will echo family, your spouse, your children. They matter, and so you got to make them a priority. The importance of the skill sets you have, your job, okay, that, that's important too, but where does it fall in those priority lists? If you were to rank your own list, in fact, take 10 seconds right now and think of your own life. What's your priorities? What have you decided is your priority list in life? For some of you, It might be that your career is really high. Okay. If you're not married, then that's all right. Has it creeped higher than Jesus? Because the scripture might push back and say, hey, hey, maybe your priority is a little out of whack here. Maybe it's different. See, you have to decide. And you decide by how you begin to prove that and how you now live and how you spend your time, your resources, your investment, your energy. That you live that out, and then you have to protect those priorities for the rest of your life. That if if your spouse is going to be one of your top priorities just under Jesus, well then, guess who decides that? Guess who protects that? You do. Nobody else. You have to make that so. And so the challenge for us is simple. To say, listen, we have to decide what our priorities are, And then we have to work at trying to protect those. And so you may hear people talk about priorities of like, okay, God and spouse and then children, maybe extended family, maybe church family seeking God together with fellow believers, maybe friends follow in that, work and career, hobbies and habits that you have in life and activities that you pursue. I'm not trying to tell you what list or how to rank it. You have to decide what that is. And prioritizing, here's what we understand. What we prioritize, we can maximize. But you have to decide that. I have to decide that. If you think of it like money, it makes a little more sense. Uh, If you think of, let's say you have a $100 budget, right? And you have to figure out, we understand money as a budgeting item. And maybe you don't have a formal budget written down, but in your head, you got a budget. you got to, let's say, uh, your rent costs $900, or let's say $1,000. Let's, uh, let's say you have, like, $9,000 for the month, right? And your rent is X number. For some of you, you're like, $9,000 a month, that's a lot of money. Okay, forget the numbers. Money. Okay. think about the reality of what you have to budget. If you have to pay $1,000 a month for your rent, can you go blow $1,000 on video games? The answer would be no. Like, that would be unwise. Because you have a commitment. You have a priority. Maybe you like having a roof over your head. And so you have to make that. And so if you begin to think of your priorities from a money perspective, then you understand that you only have so much time and energy and so you have to invest that wisely. Here's what I want for you. Here's what I think we want for one another. We know we've been created to have needs of relationship with others. I think we'd all agree that we want those to be healthy and we want those to be helpful. Can we agree that it takes intentional investment in order for that to really play out? And so if that's the case, how are you doing on that? Whether it's your marriage or your friendships or your relationships, are they a priority? Are they proved out to be a priority? And are you working to protect them as a priority? because we have to make those moves. What we prioritize, we can maximize. But if we don't prioritize it, it just drifts, and it has a way of kind of dropping down the list and fading out, doesn't it? And you know people who have suffered from that. In fact, listen, you've suffered from that. There's been moments where maybe you've let those priorities, let those friendships, let uh, connection with your spouse drift down and other things begin to come up. And, and who loses in that moment? If we were just sitting at coffee, I bet you would say, I lost in that moment because that's what happened to me. I lose in those moments. And I think we all know this to be true. And so this concept of the law of priority is important for us to understand. So I wanna get real practical and try to help, because my hope is that you would build healthy relationships, that you'd have a healthy marriage, you'd have healthy friendships, that you'd have healthy relationships. And so two things I want to point out. One is I want to invite you. Uh, Elements and Emmanuel are doing a marriage retreat together at the beginning of August. And so on the app right now, is the opportunity for you to go on a marriage retreat. Now, uh, we only have so many spaces for that. It's a $50 non-refundable or a $50 kind of holds your spot and then the rest of it's like $300 total. Uh, for a couple nights away down in Tubac at the resort down there. It's beautiful, uh, and it's a great time. We're going to invest in your marriage. So if that's something you want to be a part of, I suggest you sign up soon because it's going to run out of space. You'll go on a waiting list, and we'll figure out if we can get more rooms. So that's one way we like to help invest in you. The second way is tonight I want to get real practical about, I think, one of the ways that we can prioritize relationships the best is to work at having strong communication. How many of you would say communication matters in relationships? Okay? We all know this to be true. So how do we get better at investing in our relationships when it comes to communication? And so the scriptures speak out to all of these. I'm not going to highlight a lot of scriptures on it, but some of them. But what we talk about, we care about. And so how do we get better at building communication? And so I want to go through five pillars of communication, and then we'll kind of boil this out for a takeaway tonight. Here it is. The first one, tone. Your tone of what you say and how you say it is almost everything when it comes to communication. Tone communicates the care or the lack thereof, doesn't it? Uh, your spouse, your friend your person that you're in a relationship with can ask you to do something for them and you can respond hey that's fine, I'll do it what does that communicate? I heard you I will follow through on my end of that I want to honor you and bless you I got it if your friend or your spouse asks you hey could you, can you take care of that thing in the garage or can you handle that over there and you say okay fine I'll do it What tone, what message does that send? Now, I know that's extreme, but here's the reality. We all have a tone, and most of us don't recognize it. In fact, the truth is, our tone is, uh, we're, most of us are tone deaf, we're tone deaf to this reality of how we actually communicate and what we come across because nonverbals are 70% of our communication. Our tone matters. It communicates value or the lack thereof to people. I have this incredible gift of sarcasm. It's a blessing in a lot of ways because it's funny. But in a lot of ways, sarcasm is not funny. And I have this just blind spot to it sometimes. When I will say things to my bride, my wonderful wife Amy, who I've been married to for 26 years, invested so much more of my life with her than my life before. There wasn't anything I wouldn't do for her. And yet my tone, at times, communicates the very opposite of that. Any guy with me? Now, ladies, you have a tone. I haven't figured out what it is yet, but you have a tone as well. We all do, and if we're not careful, our tone can communicate. What if you had a relationship, or marriage, or a friendship even, where you would be able to speak to one another, where you say, hey, that tone, man, that made me feel this way. That really fired me up, or that really brought me down, and... And I just want you to know, uh, what if you could actually communicate that way? Do you think you'd have a healthier relationship? The answer is yes. That if you could work on these things to say, how do I get better at understanding my tone? That uh, I must attentively monitor my tone and communicate respect and care and value to the one that I'm saying I prioritize. To the one that I'm, I'm saying, you're a high priority to me. And so my tone has to match that. It doesn't mean you can't be frustrated, but it means you don't want your tone to undercut the value you're trying to express, right? And so tone matters. Time matters. Healthy marriages, healthy friendships, relationships must be proven in real ways and real terms, not just by lip service. Where the rubber meets the road is proving your priorities is how much time you're willing to actually give to someone or to give to a friendship on a regular basis. People have always said to me, hey, well, well, what about quality time versus quantity time? And I want to look at you and you ask that question and say, here's what I've known, being in youth ministry for 20 years, in the church ministry for 30 years. You want to know how people spell Love, T-I-M-E. That is the truth. You want to know how kids spell love? Time. Whether you want to say it's quality time or quantity time, I just want to ask you, are you spending the time? Like, it takes time to actually build a relationship, to nurture it, to grow it in healthy ways. You cannot microwave communication. Communication is like a slow cooker, right? It, it takes time, there, there's ways that you can communicate, maybe a couple of different ways. Proactive communication, meaning we have some decisions to make, some things that are coming down the line that we have to have communication about so that when it arrives, we're not just reacting. And so maybe that's a decision of, hey, are we going to go after a new apartment or go after a new house or whatever that may be, bigger decisions in life, are you spending the time proactively in talking about it, in praying together about it, that when that decision comes, you've logged the time in order to have healthy communication one to another? Or are you just reactionary to small decisions and the big decisions of life? It takes not just proactive communication, but personal communication, everyday communication. Because it isn't just about, listen, we all have a phone, right? And I love to text just as much as the other person. But if all you ever do is text your friend, friend, you're not investing the time. If all you ever do is communicate via text with your spouse, then you're not investing the time. Time is, I'm hearing you. You're hearing me, eyeball to eyeball, knee to knee. We're investing the time. Now listen, there are moments where my incredible bride will share stories with me about her day. I'll ask, how's your day? She'll tell me. And what I figure should take three minutes takes a little bit longer. And what do you do in that minute? What do you do in that moment? Shut up. Don't say anything. That's the clue. Just listen. Why? Because you're investing time. And when you stop seeing it as investing time, it's really easy. It's really easy for me, just being honest, to get irritated and frustrated. And because I've forgotten, this is about time. Now, I know on the other side of that, there are moments in life where, Amy and I have had a conversation, we've made a decision, and the very next day rolls around and I ask her again about it, and the next day rolls around and I ask her again about it, and the next day rolls around and I ask her again about it, because I'm trying to get clarity for my own self, and she's like, didn't we deal with this like three days ago? Like, yeah, but I'm just trying to, and I become the needy one. And I'm the one that's frustrating her. Why, because we decided this. And so why do you keep coming back to it? I don't know if that's a guy thing or not, maybe it's just me thing, I'm just, here we go, I'm just bearing it out. This idea of the truth that we need to learn to communicate and honor one another in that communication, that is investing the time. That in an atmosphere of prioritized daily communication, emotions aren't allowed to become stale or toxic. Tensions can be addressed in a regular basis and dealt with. That we're listening more than we're talking. Like my mama always told me, you got two ears and one mouth, use them accordingly We are listening more, we're talking, we're asking questions, and we're listening to the heart behind the words. We're apologizing as we need to. Listen, if you're not apologizing to your spouse more than anyone else on this earth, then you're missing it. Why? Because there isn't anyone that knows how to push their buttons more than you. And so you need to be a person who owns that. That you need to be a person that says, listen, in my friendships, now, this is one way in in marriage, it's ongoing, probably daily communication, having that with one another, investing the time. How does that work for friendships? Probably differently. Do I need to talk to my friend every single day? Probably not. Can I text and then occasionally get together with them? Yeah, I'm still prioritizing them. And so it's important for us to begin to go back to this idea, remember, I get to decide the priorities. I have to... Prove that out in practical, tangible ways. And then I have to protect those priorities. The third one is this, trust. You've got to build trust in your relationships. The deeper level of communication is when you are vulnerable with yourself, the sensitive areas of your life that you're being honest with you. The equation is this, the more you gain trust, the wider the door of your heart opens. But the more you violate my trust, the door of my heart begins to close, doesn't it? That's true in relationships. Trust is earned in drops, and it's lost in buckets. It takes little drops of investment to build trust over time. There's ways that you could do that. When you violate trust, you have to work hard and investing and building that back up. That loose lips sink relationships. Isn't that true? And so I'm protecting our conversations one to another. Uh, not only do you have to build trust, you've got to build truth. Ephesians 4, 15 says this, speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head. Speaking of Christ, Jesus was full of grace and truth. There's an important balance in our marriages and our friendships and our relationships that we have to have truth in and, and love and truth and grace kind of balanced in this whole idea. See, truth without love is mean, And love without truth is meaningless. Truth without love is like surgery without anesthesia. But love without truth is like a cheerleader without a team. And so it is this truth in love is like medicine for the very soul. That you in your marriage relationship, you in your friendships, need to be able to speak truth into people's lives and have them receive that but you also speak that in love. It's not either or, it's both and. You are a blessed person if you have someone in your life who can speak truth into your life because the reality is you have blind spots, so do I. I don't see everything perfectly, nor do you. And so if your spouse or your friend can help speak truth into your life, then you are the one who gets blessed by that. Here's what I've seen. People who have uh, struggling marriages or struggling friendships, relationships, typically what is at the core of that is a sense of defensiveness. That I'm not going to hear anything you say or anything anyone else says because here's my stance, I've made it. And when you get to a place of defensiveness, guess who loses? You do. That's the reality. that has bared itself out probably in your life at times where you can think back over your life, where you've allowed defensiveness to actually shut down honesty and it keeps you stuck. And so when you're dealing with chronic issues, when it comes to relationships, you have to check, am I open to the truth here? Or am I just walling up and saying, here's what it is for me and I'm not going to listen to that. And so it's grace, it's truth in love that bears itself out in relationships. The final one is teamwork. Marriages and relationships, friendships, take teamwork. No one has ever said that this misconception of compatibility is based on sameness. You probably shouldn't have a friend that is exactly the same as you. You probably have some similarities, and that's a beautiful thing. But this idea of sameness doesn't mean perfection. In fact, you need people who are different than you. Uh, some of you who are married, you probably look at your spouse and go, yeah, they're different than me. You know what? Then you're blessed. Because the beauty of that is they see things differently. It can help you that you can work together as a team to move things forward, that you have things in common, They can understand their needs, and their nature, their gifting, their love language, their talents, and begin to see things from a more holistic perspective perspective as you work on teamwork together. And so, important communication, the five pillars, again, the right tone, make sure you're working on that, investing the time that's needed, the trust that you want to build, the truth that can be in that relationship, and the teamwork that you can have together. See, prioritized relationships are fueled best by great communication. And if you work on that, It will help you because what you prioritize you can maximize and for our relationships and our marriages to succeed we have to respect the law of priority i'm going to decide that you're a priority i'm going to prove it in the ways that i now live and i'm going to protect it to stay a priority maybe the best question i could give you is homework for those of you who are online those of you here is if you're married or if you've got a great friend that you want to process this with, is simply this question. What does it look like for me to prioritize you and for you to feel it? What does it look like for me to prioritize you and for you to feel it? If you were to wrestle with that question together this week, I bet you'd have some pretty awesome conversations if you will listen to say, okay, how can, as my spouse, how can I prioritize you and for you to feel like you're my priority? And vice versa, that they could do that for you or for a friendship that you want to prioritize. What we celebrate on Valentine's Day is love. A love that prioritizes the other. What we have as a backdrop is the reality of John three sixteen, For God so loved... That he gave. See, you know this to be true. When you love someone, you give. It's what you do. And love is not a feeling. In our culture, where we're kind of pushed to say, love is a feeling. No, no, no. Love is a decision. It's a choice. And love is, when you love someone, you give to them. That's what God did for you, for me. God so loved that He gave His one and only Son, And that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. It's this incredible love that we sing about, that we're going to close tonight in song singing into and singing about and aiming our hearts in God's direction. What does it look like to know simply this? God prioritized you. Think about that. He didn't have to but he chose to. He chose to prioritize you. And that's why he sent his son on a mission for you, that his life and his death, his resurrection, would create a way for you to have a relationship with him so that you would know that you're a priority to him. And maybe how we begin to live out love is just to model the same thing. God, you made me a priority. Would you help me make my spouse a priority? Would you help me to make my friends a priority? That that the relationship, that would you help me decide how to do that, to prove that out, to protect that? Because that law of priority matters in relationships. And so, Father, as we close tonight, They're going to sing this song that's all about your love, your heart for us. Our heart back to you. And, And so we dedicate these words. We want to aim our hearts, affection and attention at you to express again that you are a priority to me. You are a priority to us. And it's because you loved first. We love because you first loved us. You prioritized us. God, would you help us build that law of priority into our marriages, into our friendships, into our relationships, that people might know, what if the church got really good at prioritizing the people who aren't here yet? What if the church got really good at letting people know they matter? And that not only do they matter to you, God, but they matter to us, That we begin to prioritize. That we begin to invest. And we decide. And we prove it out in practical ways. And we protect that. That we begin to reach. That we begin to invite. The same way that you did for us. And so God, we pray your blessing over the marriages in this room. Those that are watching from home online. God, would you grow their communication. Would it be a blessing to them? Would you give them ears to hear the truth as they need to hear it? Would you give us the opportunity to live out this law of priority in our friendships and our relationships as we are blessed by the fact that you have lived that out for us? So we worship you now. Would you meet us and shape us, refresh our hearts to prioritize those that matter most starting with you, that you would always be our top priority, God.
2: I've held everything together and watched it shatter. I've stood tall and I have crumbled in the same breath. I have wrestled and I have trembled towards surrender. She's my heart adrift and drifted home again. Till I've been desperate to find redemption. And every time I turn around, you'll
4: stay.
5: This kind of love is who you are, it's a grace I could never add, to be somebody you still want,
4: but somehow, you love me as you find.
5: Somebody you still want,
4: but somehow you love me as you find.
5: I could never add to be somebody you still want. But somehow you love me as you find me, my Jesus.
4: You love me as you find me.
3: Thank you for joining us tonight uh, for those of you who are here in the room uh, we just we love getting to worship with you each and every week uh, for those of you who are at home maybe you're tuning in later on in the week thanks so much uh, for taking the time to, to tune in so just a couple of reminders uh, we always have the boxes in the back so if you've got anything that you want to give uh, ties in person you can just drop those off in the back otherwise you can always give through the app um, we've been talking a lot about our e-groups and discipleship groups as well and so some of those are getting ready to get started. So uh, feel free to uh, let us know in the back at the Next Steps table there if you want to be a part of that. Uh, and we can still get you signed up and get you connected with a group. The good news is we're doing groups in person. We're also doing groups online. Some people do have those underlying conditions and we want to make sure that we're respecting that. So however uh, you feel most comfortable being able to engage in that, we invite you to do so uh, and jump in with all of that. So. Uh, We've got the 10-minute party going on as well in the back. It's a special Valentine's Day party. How excited is that? That's so great. And if you didn't get your chocolate, grab your chocolate on the way out. Um, But I just want to pray for us real quick. Father, thanks for tonight. Thanks for uh, this love that you do have for us. And the fact that uh, your love is so good that you won't leave us where we're at. That we can come to you exactly as we are. And yet as we come to you, uh, I just love how Tim Keller said it. You're the contagiously clean man, Jesus. You were the one who touched the leper. And typically a disease like that, that would just uh, infect another person and, and ravish their body, uh, it was your cleanness that, that rubbed off on him, that healed him. And so we can come to you with whatever we have, whatever brokenness, and as we come to you, uh, you're so contagiously clean that you, uh, you clean up our lives. You help us uh, become more like your son, Jesus. And so that's our heart, that's what we wanna do as we go out to be the church in the world, Would you help us to reflect you boldly, to reflect you truly, uh, and to reflect you, uh, just your glory and all that you are, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week.